Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Well, we have some work ahead of us today. One of the questions that I've received a couple of times and then I thought, well, before I just answer it, maybe I need to do some more research, was on Freemasons. Uh, Freemasonry, Freemasons, is it all right to join one of these? There are a variety of different uh, forms of Freemasonry, but they all come from the same wellspring, basically. So can we join one? Or are they horrible and Catholic and full of Satanists? Because that was also one of the questions. Well, this is something I used to be really very, very much wrong about. I had some uh, ideas about masonry that I had pushed very hard because I had been taught them very hard. I'd even read books about how evil Freemasons were, you know, not at the lower level for the innocents, but when you got up to that 33rd degree level, you're worshiping Lucifer and all this other. I had been taught that, I had read that in books, uh, and therefore I had said it to anybody who asked. But it wasn't true, not even close. And then when I got into my who told you that part of my life about 30 years ago, I began looking at those books again and found out that each and every one of them were by themselves hoaxes, repeating hoaxes from a guy named Taxel back in 1885. But I get ahead of myself. If you want to know more about the history of Freemasonry and why it is so often attacked, um, there's, a, there's a new book and I actually got this and read it before trying to answer this question, the things I do for you people. Anyway, um, it's actually a really good book. Uh, it's, it's rather large. Uh, what is it? Uh, about 400 something pages. John Dickey and it's called The Craft, How the Freemasons Made the Modern World. Well, hyperbole in the title, they didn't make the modern world. Freemasons um, will often do these rituals and they're secrets and there are oaths and that makes them very, very mysterious. And they have this, you know, it goes back to the Solomon's temple and this, that, and the other, which is all a smokescreen. Back in the day, you could not practice a trade unless you were part of a guild. Guilds were very, very, very strict and to get into one took a lot of push pull and who you knew. But once you got in, then you could do the apprentice level and then, you know, craft and then master, you know, for jewelry, let's say, or for a, a hundred other things. But stonemasons did not have their own guilds, even all the way up through the 14-1500s. A variety of reasons for that. The main one being stonemasons tend to work alone or with their own little crew. They didn't live in one city, therefore they couldn't get a guild hall and a seal from that city. They had to move to where you needed something built out of rock. So the, their status was always a little bit questionable. You absolutely needed master masons, but uh, you didn't need them all the time. And therefore they were in this netherworld. And so back around um, the 1430s is the first time it ever shows up. 
a list of old charges. And that just means here are our rules and we're going to make our own guild, even though it's traveling and has no real substance or legal authority. The old charges were made for the stonemasons uh, and they still exist. These aren't secrets. You can, you can read them easily. Well, you can't read them easily because they're dead boring and they go on and on, but you can read them. Anywho, um, this did not become anything bigger until the Reformation when Luther nailed those things on the Wittenberg door and all of a sudden uh, there's not one church in town, but there are a variety of churches, Protestant Reformation, there were deposed kings and queens. There were massive wars over this. Hundreds of thousands of people died. Millions were dispossessed. Kingdoms were overthrown and churches did not escape. They were torn apart. You can go to St. Andrews, for example, in Scotland, which everybody thinks of golf, which they say it was invented there. And uh, who am I to question such things? Well, uh, who told you that? Anyway, um, there's a ruined cathedral. The reason it's ruined is because the Protestants came up and said, no, nah, we're not letting cathedrals be there. There were wars between this. And some of the churches were repurposed into Protestant churches, but a lot of them were just torn to pieces at first. And then King James VI of Scotland, I would later become King James of uh, England as well. And yes, the guy that, with the King James Bible, uh, he also wrote a book called Demonology, which is on how to find and gruel and interrogate and execute witches, which is one of the most evil books ever written, but he claimed it was you know, direct from God. So take King James as you will, but just take him. Um, when he was still King James of Scotland, when he, he needed somebody to rebuild the churches, because after all of these wars and such, and his own mom was part of that, um, well, she's caught in the middle of it. She didn't cause it. Now we needed some sort of organization. So he got a guy named William Shaw, spelled S-C-H-A-W, because back then spelling was rather arbitrary. And William Shaw was called, what do they call him? The master, uh, let me look here, master, yeah, the master of work. And William Shaw then decided what we need to do is get all the stonemasons together because we're really gonna need this done. But we need to know who's a real mason, who's a placement guy, you know, who's the guy that can saw, all that sort of thing. So he built a guild and that, were, that was the first of the Freemasons. Now they weren't doing the secrets yet. That'd come along pretty soon. So let's, let's get to the secrets, shall we? Um, by the way, William Shaw worked hard on this. He put a lot of work into it, then he died. And so the people after him continued to morph it, but that's how the stonemasons got their own guild but since they came up a whole different way than all the other guilds, they had their own lodges, their own places to come to read the old charges and make sure that they were keeping to this. Um, and that always splinters in things, but we get ahead of ourselves. Freemasons, first of all, you need to know some things. There are three degrees. Oh, I know you've heard people say 33, 34 and the like. That's sadly due to some Scottish people in France. After a bunch of wars and in Scotland and, and England about who was really king, uh, two lines collided and uh, the Jacobite line, the line uh, that would have Bonnie Prince Charlie and the old pretender and all those, you know, the, the War of 1715, War of 1745 that ended at Culloden and a massacre <coughs> that um, ensured Scotland was part of the United Kingdom and that the, their king was 
you know, died drunk and disorderly down in, in Italy, which by the way, to be honest, if he had won, he would have died drunk and disorderly in London. So, you know, you can sing all you want to about Bonnie Prince Charlie, he wasn't that great a guy. Uh, none of them were, you know, interbreeding is not a really good indoor sport. That's, I just want to lay that out there. All right. But in the 1730s and 40s, Freemasons were really a thing. And so they'd started somewhere in the late 1600s in these formations and they made three different levels. And at each level you go in and you're blindfolded and this sleeves up and that pant legs up and someone taps you over here and then you learn the secret handshake and all the time they're talking about it. And if I tell any of these secrets, you may my tongue be torn from my th you know, mouth and may, it sounds really dire. It sounds like there's something really super, super, super secret going on here. Well, then they're given the secret after the first uh, degree, and that is to be a nice person, honest, fair, and kind. And then you go through another whole rigmarole for the second one, and it's the same thing. Be a good person, nice citizen. Uh, then you go through the third one. Oh, this is the top one. This is the master mason. mason. We're really going for it here. Uh, same thing. The secret of masonry is that there are no secrets in Freemasonry. And that all of those, um, those horrible blood oaths are all show. It's all neighborhood opera that has never, ever, ever been enforced. Now, there was one murder in early, uh, early American history that was tied to the Masons. Totally different from any of this. So where do all the other degrees come from? Well, this exploded in France. People loved this. Uh, secret societies were a big thing because that also allowed you to meet outside of the eyes of the official church, which is still Catholicism, and all governments. And so anytime you did that, that was, that was extremely annoying to those in power. They were terrified that you were gonna launch a coup. So what's going on here? The Scots and the French, because they were allies, they got, they just got overexcited here and started creating this huge burst of degrees that have never really been recognized by any of the other lodges. And so you can be a 33rd degree Mason, but they're all made up and it's, it became, it became really silly, frankly. But what wasn't silly was that the Catholic church took this very seriously because if you're meeting somewhere without them, and you're taking oaths that they can't hear, and they hear that you've got secrets, they're coming for you. And the Inquisition did. And they tortured and they killed a lot of folk. And in the torturing, uh, and some of whom got freed later, they found the same old thing and they couldn't believe it. All right, you do this and you do that, and then you blindfold and you spin around and you talk about Solomon's temple, and then the secret comes. What's well, a secret? Well, be really good people. Well, that's, that cannot be true. You're meeting alone, no women, you must be sodomites. They would use that word. Uh, in other words, they accused them of being homosexual or they accused them of being devil worshipers or they accused them of being um, you know, anti-pope because they could not believe that there were no real secrets other than be good. And friends, that's all that's in the books. That's all. Now you've got other books written. For example, you've got Albert Pike, who was brought in to, um, uh, to lead the, the lodges in the American South right before the Civil War, during the Civil War, and after the Civil War. 
He was an exuberant inventor of ritual and history. In other words, he made up so much and other people did as well. In Italian lodges, they made up stories that we came, we, I'm not a Mason, that the Faisons, uh, Masons rather, came from the mist of time. You know, they were way back, Cain and Abel, yeah, all the way back there. Tried to take it further, all they got into is a fruit orchard. So they, the, uh, you know, Solomon's temple is really big in this and Hiram, Abeth, and, and it's all made up to give them a history because that's what we do. How many of you, I, how many of you have been told that you've got really important people in your lineage? Maybe you do. You ever had a 23andMe or an Ancestry.com and gone, uh-oh, uh, wrong lineage. I know people that believe that they are half or so Native American and got back one of these, found out, nope, not even a little. And then others who thought they were black, but they found out that they were a mixture, a triracial mixture, which I think is super cool, frankly. But um, think of this. We make up stories. We tell stories to our kids. My mom tells stories now. She's 92, God bless her. And she tells me stories about my childhood and where we lived and the like, which I know none of these are true. But I don't interrupt her. She's got a story to tell. Let her tell her story. Masons did the same thing. It is, um, now why do we, why then? Why, Patrick, did you have those books that said these, you know, they worship Lucifer, that Lucifer was the brother of Christ and that Christ, and Christ was the bad son. Lucifer was a good son on all this other. Well, we fell for a hoax that was promulgated back in 1885 by a guy named Taxel. Taxel uh, wrote a bunch of books about the Masons being devil worshipers, but as he was, he said, I am one. And so I have all the secrets. And he just wrote bunches of novels and books uh, nonfiction. Well, they were fiction, but he claimed they were nonfiction. And they took Europe by storm, and the Catholic Church just had panic attacks and launched violence against them. And then Taxel suddenly had a change of heart, a vision of some sort, became a Catholic, and started writing anti Mason stuff. So, was he really a Mason that converted to Catholicism, or was he always a Catholic? that was deciding to play this hoax. Yeah, to all of it. He was whatever it took at the time to write a book to make money. He was a fraud, a hoaxer. And yet, when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, these stories were still being told as fact from our pulpits. And if anybody happened to pop in a Grange Hall or the like, they were absolutely kicked out of our churches because of a hoax that was by then already well old and revealed but we didn't read what we read but we only read our stuff that's a danger when you only read your stuff so anything uh anything about these that you should avoid freemasonry is going through a downtime right now it has always done that if you read books like this which is a really fun read frankly uh, John Dickey did a great job, uh, and it's the latest. It's 2020. It's the latest comprehensive face-to-face -face interviews, digging in history that you're going to get, and to me, the fairest, because he's not a Mason, but he absolutely has no axe to grind as he goes through this. Should we be afraid of it? No. Do I want to be a part of it? 
No, why? I, I can't do the silliness. I don't do rituals like that. You know, the only rituals I do are those involved with my faith, and those are very few. You know, baptism, Lord's Supper, marriage vows, things like that. Um, but I don't, I, I have no really interest in that. Am I opposed to it? Of course not. There are a lot of other organizations that didn't want to be Masons and go through that, but they still wanted to gather together to do good. And so you've got the Rotary, you've got the Elks, you've got the Order of the Moose, you've got those. And all of them are kind of going down, but they do that. And have Freemasons actually been involved in launching anarchist uh, movements or murder or the like? Well, one murder that I know of for certain, yeah, but that was back in, in the 1700s. And yes, yes, of course, Freemasons have been involved in horrible things. Let me ask you a question. Are you a Christian? I'm a Christian. Well, weren't the Christians involved in the Crusades? You know, frankly, Freemasons never pulled off anything that horrible. And that was localized, particular government situations, mainly in Italy, but elsewhere. Uh, all of that is long gone, and it's a fraternal society of secrets, and there are no secrets. It's just about being good and honorable, in England, yes, and I'm going to wrap this up a bit. This is too long for Monday morning. I do apologize. In England, for a time, there was a real scandal because um, if a defendant showed a Masonic sign and the judge was a Mason, they were getting lighter sentences. And there were people being promoted because they were Masons and not because they had any particular value over the other candidates. Um, some books were written to blow that open. Sadly, most of the Charges in those books were also false, so they went way too far. So yes, some Freemasons have done some bad things. Now I'd like for you to do that sentence and replace the word Freemasons with any other group you can think of. Doctors, Christians, Jehovah's Witnesses, Brownie Scouts, you are always gonna have a true sentence. So are they an evil? No. What is their secret? There is no secret. That's kind of the secret. They're just a fraternal society to do good. By the way, other groups grew up around them, women's lodges and then adoptive lodges that had men and women, and we still have those two. African-Americans uh, created the Prince Hall Masonic Lodge because the white people wouldn't let them in theirs. So they have their own, and there are still Prince Hall Lodges and great history there. But again, as a Christian, should you join? I have no opinion on that. Is it wrong? No. Uh, is it good? I think it, it could be in some circumstances. To me, it just seems unnecessary today. I think there, there was justification in the 1400s, 1500s, 1600s. I'm, I'm just not sure there's justification today. Now, some of our listeners are Freemasons and they may want to send me uh, questions or challenges at patrick at rsafeharbor.com. As long as you're kind and loving about it, and I promise I'm always gonna be kind and loving in response, send them in, we'll go. But I will tell you this, love one another and love God. That's the whole of the law, all right? So while we may or may not disagree on all these things, do not be afraid of secrets in the wind. Do not be afraid of Illuminatis and the like. We have a king, and he is king of kings and lord of lords. Remember that, have a great week, cheers.